boy. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful, beautiful spring day. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke, Lord. Thank you for all of the tender hearts that you have here, Lord, and all who will hear this message anywhere, at any place, anytime. And Lord, we just thank you that they receive this word into good ground and that it take root and bear fruit in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you have provided so perfectly for us and that you love us so much. We thank you for the family of God, that you love each and every one, all of your sheep, Lord. You are the perfect shepherd and we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. Now that I told you where to go a while ago, y'all are all ahead of me now this time. Ah. That's a, I don't need my bookmark because my book's all marked up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you find a, somebody with a Bible that's falling apart, your life usually isn't. Amen. <laughs> oh. But we all need the Lord. Amen. Still fall short every day. Thank God for His grace and mercy. I just want to ask you today, how's it going? How's it going? And I want you not to speak, but answer that question in in your heart. How's it going? And then tell me later. If you want to, how you did. We're going to talk about that for a minute. Second Kings chapter four, starting at the eighth verse. <clears throat> Elisha was a, a great prophet of God. Amen. He's the one that was tutored under Elijah. And when he, uh, what he asked for from Elijah was a double portion of the anointing that was on him. And he said, if you see me when I go, you'll get it. And Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind, but he was there and he saw it happen. Amen. Amen. And he did get that double portion. Should you ask for a double portion today? Sure. No. I wouldn't think so. Why? Why not? Because you have the fullness of the Godhead in you. You have way more than any of these Old Testament people. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest man that ever lived. But he said the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. You have the Holy Ghost. You have everything that God has at your disposal. Already on account. Amen? Amen. It's sort of a trick question. Don't get me wrong. Because, you know, I'm not shy to ask great men of God to lay hands on me. And they'll say, what do you want? And I'll just say, more. You know, know, it was sort of a trick question. More, more of the good things. And we need it. We need a lot for the body of Christ. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let me read this passage of scripture. And it will settle me down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Second Kings chapter 4. Starting at the 8th verse. One day Elisha. I automatically want to go back. Because I see all the stories leading up to this. And I want to talk about them. <laughs> don't look, don't look. Right. First only. One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So he's 
he's passing by, you know, he's traveling that way, and this 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 wealthy, generous woman, she urged him to come on in, let me feed you, right? So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold, now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Gehazi, Gehazi, whatever. I'm texting. Call this call this Shunammite. In other words, call call this lady. He's thinking about this this woman who's been kind to him, right? He said, "Go go go call her." When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, "Say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army?" She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring as Elisha had said to her. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers and he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her her lap till noon and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed. Listen very carefully from here on. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. Or if anyone greets you, do not reply and lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up and again, up again, and walked once back and forth in the house. And went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Praise God. 
Woo! How awesome is that? How awesome is that? I mean, that's a lot to take in. Um, but I just want to, because I could, I could write a book on this passage of Scripture, of course. We could preach on it for a month of Sundays. But I just want to, I want to follow up on that question I asked you a while ago. How's it going? This was a woman of, of great faith, obviously. You see that, right? Her only son had just died. But she said, all is well. Would you praise God and say all is well in that situation? Or would you speak all your hurt? I want you to think about this. Because I mean with all sincerity and truth and everything that I've tried to teach for these last 12 years or whatever, your answer to that question is the reason you receive from God the way you do. Let's take some pointers from this Shunammite woman. You want to? The first thing that I notice about her is that, see, she, in terms of the, the passage of Scripture, she, she, she shut the door on her problem. And she was believing for a miracle. Amen? You remember when I talk so much, I, I, I love to talk, especially leading up to Easter time as we start to look at Jesus and his walk and his ministry and his, uh, his humanity about his great resolve, you know. When the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, he set out, he resolved, he made up his mind, he was determined to go to Jerusalem to, to fulfill his destiny, Amen. Nothing was going to stand in his way. This woman made up her mind. Uh uh. Nope. No, sir. She didn't react. And let me tell you reaction and emotions are going to, will get you in trouble. They will open up doors for the devil. They will, they will cause you to step into snares of the enemy. Fear. You know, one of the ways I remember how bad fear is, is remember it like this. You know how HELP, our acronym for the church, Heal, Empower, Love, and Prosper, you can remember fear like this. False evidence appearing real. She didn't react. She didn't allow her grief for her situation to dominate her because why because she refused to accept the first report as as the last amen, amen. we have a god that entitles us to do that amen, amen. she hadn't accepted it as being the final outcome of the situation She apparently didn't even give it a second thought. I guarantee you she was flooded with emotions. I guarantee you all the things in the natural that you can possibly imagine over a child that you, you know. Hello. She just wasn't someone who just wasn't affected by things like that. Not at all. Matter of fact, the man of God told his servant when she went to pull, pull, her, pull her away, hold on a second. Now God is showing me. 
It's basically what he was saying. She's full of bitter distress. She is hurting deeply. And now I see it. He began to get revelation, knowledge, a word of knowledge from God. You see? She knew God was bigger than her problem, bigger than this situation. Faith gave her uh, a different perspective than you would have in the world. A different perspective than is considered normal in the world, wouldn't you say? Have you ever had someone get mad at you because when things went south, you didn't go with them? They expected you to fall apart like a $3 suitcase, just like they did, and you didn't, and they got mad at you. You don't care. You just, you're just cold. You're just mean. You're just no good, you know. What's wrong with you? No. It's what's right with God. Amen? Some would call a confession... A faith like hers, a lie, wouldn't they? Especially these days, you're just denying reality. You're you're not being real, man. You better wake up and smell the coffee. No. What people of faith, which Jesus said, when I return, will I even find faith in the earth? That's a that's a hard thing. That's something everybody ought to be thinking about. And instead of just jumping up like Peter did, oh Lord, not me! I'll die for you. You don't just just. Uh, it's something we should look at very humbly in our prayer time and say, Lord, I, I don't. I want to be found with faith. I need your help. I need your help every moment, every minute. Every hour of every day. Because I can't do it without you. People of faith aren't in denial of the facts. But we speak from a spiritual perspective. We speak forth spiritual truths that we know and believe by faith. And we speak those things. And we believe, we know, we know and believe. (laughs) We don't believe that we know. We know that we know. And we believe that God's truth supersedes all of the natural truth. We don't deny science. Although God is not evolving, science is. You see... But we don't deny the natural facts of evidence and things like that. We just don't stop there. We don't limit God. We don't put God in a box. And we don't stop short of all the promises and blessings of God that He's given to us. Because we are His children and we are entitled to those things. And if you don't believe that, then you're just religious, folks. You might as well be catching a nice speckled trout today instead of sitting in church. (laughs) But if you can just believe and never stop short of the glory of God, then you'll be able to say all the time, No matter what the storms of life may bring. No matter what your situation. No matter what your circumstances. Because things will come up. I know people that fall apart when there's really nothing wrong. I'm talking about just based on natural worldly evidence. It's like, man, that's that's just not a very big deal. You know? You've made a mountain out of a molehill and for nothing. But when you add God to the mix, you should always be able to say, all is well. 
Well, what about this and this and this? I understand. I understand. But God. But God said this. But God said that. But God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. If you were healed, you remain healed. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He did it for one, He'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. It's His will that you be in good health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. All things pertaining to life, this life and godliness, have already been granted to you. They're already on account. You already have all of the things provided through the atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is believe and receive or doubt and do without. This is truth to live by, folks. Now turn over to Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to tell you. You hear people talk about their beautiful relationship with Jesus. And you ask them what, what he's saying to them lately. What he's, what's the, what's. What, what scriptures are you standing on? What are you believing for? What's God saying to you right now? Wow. Wow. And pretty soon you realize it's like that uh, who's that who's that sweet girl that uh, was married to uh, boy, the one on the voice the tall country guy Blake Shelton, he was married, was married, Miranda Lambert, right, okay, very good singer, she has a song, something about, I don't listen to that music, I don't even know the artist anymore, but she's got a song that I happened to hear, my wife and I heard, talking about me and Jesus would get along fine because he liked to drink a little wine, you know. That's basically summed it up. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's demonic, folks. (laughs) If that's your relationship, if you think that you and Jesus get along fine because he's fine with everything you do and he gets you and and y'all are cool, uh, you don't know Jesus. You better check your salvation. The truth is, it's all about remembering God's word. I'm not talking about religious theology or Bible memorization or scripture memorization. I really don't spend time trying to remember anything in the Bible as far as scriptures go and all that. I just, over time, it just, you know, comes up. But there's usually a lot of people sitting in front of me that know a lot more about where to find everything in the Bible than I do. I don't care. (laughs) I can find it quick enough. (laughs) But it's all about remembering what Jesus has said. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because Jesus said he's going to, this friend, that this promise that the Father will send when I he says good that I'm going away because then the Holy Holy Spirit can come. And now instead of me just being with this group or being with you or being one place at one time, he'll be with all of you all the time, all of you who choose, and uh, he can always minister to you. And one of the things he said he will do for us is he will remind you of everything that I have said. Now If I came and told you, hey, Don, I meant to remind you about that thing. And you say, well, that's fine, except you never told me in the first place about that thing. You know, how can I remind you of something that I never, you were never aware of to start with? I'm just telling you for the first time, right? So you got to get it in. 
before he can remind you of it. Hello. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> you got to put it in. And then the Holy Spirit will quicken that. He will, he will turn this, you know, I do, I, I, even, like, some days, like, I'll have my, my Bible study, like, I'll be trying to do the, you know, the Bible every 90 days or whatever. And I, I don't, believe me, <laughs> I get behind. But, but some days, it's like, well, you know, like, for instance, like on Saturday, when I'm, it's like, I'm pushing it, it's the end of the week, I really need to spend some quality time with the Lord, I need to hear what He wants to say today, for Sunday, but I, I still have my Bible reading to do, that has, you know, I might be in Leviticus, I, I, I don't want an hour of Leviticus. I got other. <laughs> but I guarantee you, if when I do the right thing and put it in anyway, and I don't, I don't, I'm not doing God any favors. Don't get me wrong. I have a friend that one time he's he used to. Make, make himself get up early. He would go in. He would pray for a certain amount of time, like an, an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon, and so forth. And one time, he just said, "Oh man," he just said, "I'm just really dreading this." And he heard the Lord say, "How do you think I feel?" <laughs> and he realized it was just a religious practice he was doing. That's not why I do it. I do it because I honestly believe. That I need to put it in, and that it's, it's it will not it will not go unrewarded. It will there. It's there's not a single word in here that's in there for nothing, and that if I keep it in there, then there's more for me to draw upon and for the Holy Spirit to quicken in me. You see what I'm saying? So it's a benefit. It's a wonderful thing. Anyway, I want to I want to talk to you about the word and the importance of it because I want you to be able to say all is well all the time and mean it. Amen. Amen. And it takes faith to do that. Luke 24 I got and we were here last week talking about the resurrection of our wonderful Lord and Savior. Praise God. But remember, um, I'm, just, I'm going to read, uh, starting at the first verse, of course, of the 24th chapter, <laughs> uh, and to remind you. So I'm going to remind you of what, what the word said. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. This is some of the, the Marys, some of the, the women that were going to take care of the body of, of Jesus. They went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they, when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they, were, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men, now these are angels, okay, stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why are you, do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man... And see, remember how he told you. These are angels standing there. The stone is rolled away. Two <coughs> magnificent angels standing there. And they said, he's not here. Why are you seeking the dead, the living among the dead? And he said, remember... How he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day arise. And they remembered his words. Talking about Jesus. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. A vision of angels. 
announcing the resurrection of our Lord and Savior didn't turn these women to faith. But the words of Jesus did once they remembered what he had said. Isn't that something? You know that scriptural? <laughs> Peter mentioned it. Second Peter chapter 1 verses uh, 16. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly desired, uh, devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from, from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. First of all, he's saying that the Holy Spirit is the one who wrote the Bible. And that, and that this is a more excellent, more trustworthy way than anything else that can happen. So, in other words, no, no matter what else takes place, like two angels sitting on the stone rolled away from the, the, the tomb of the Lord... No matter what they say to you, no matter what you see, no matter what miraculous thing we do in your presence, the Word of God is more sure and more true and more dependable. The spectacular gets our attention. And believe me, folks, we need the spectacular more now in the church, the body of Christ at large, to draw people to the Word. That's the same reason Jesus did the things that he did, partly out of his just love and compassion. But it was like a dinner bell that drew people to hear and receive the word of God. The gospel, the good news of the word of God about what Jesus has done on our behalf contains the power to save our souls. And because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, according to Romans ten seventeen, it's important that we stay in the word. Amen. The Lord has given us great and precious promises. Isn't that how the Bible describes it? Since we're in Second Peter, look at Second Peter in the beginning. Second Peter one four. I'll back up to three. His divine power, God's divine power, has. Look at this. This is wonderful. Has granted. This is all past tense. It's already been done before you were ever born. Oh well, I knew the Lord once, but I've screwed up so much now that I don't think He can forgive me. He forgave all that. Yep. He forgave the stuff. If you did before you got saved, he, he forgave the stuff. After you got saved, 2,000 years before you were ever born. <laughs> he ha has granted to us all things, not a few things, that pertain to life. That's this life and godliness. Amen. Amen. Through the knowledge of him, how do we get the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Through the word of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted, has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Oh yes, he did say that. There it is. <laughs> God has given us great and precious promises. We talked, I went on and on and on about promises of God for a while. And I still talk about it every week, I hope. Because that's what we're supposed to latch on to. You're supposed to be able to divide this word now and understand good God, bad devil, don't listen to what some of the theology of the world and of the church out there because they're misinformed. God's not putting bad stuff on you. God's not taking people out of your life in terrible accidents or with illness. God did not do that. I'll stand right here with God as my witness and tell you He did not do that. You all going to die one day, but you don't have to die sick. And if you do, God didn't do it. That's the truth. He has given us all these great and precious promises, but our unbelief still causes some of us to seek our solutions from a dead world instead of a living God. We act like Jesus is still in the tomb. Just like Muhammad and Buddha and all those others. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? We serve a living God who is able and willing he has already said yes. Amen. All the promises of God in Christ, if, you, if you're in Christ and He's in you, then the answer is yes. Amen. Well, that's, that's how you get it. You tell Him about your problem, then you remind Him, because... Holy Spirit has reminded you of the promise regarding that problem, that situation and circumstances. And then you tell God, but you said, and he said, that's right, baby. That's for you. The answer is yes. And you say, amen. amen. That's how you get it. Because that means so be it. Let it be done unto me as you have said. Amen. <laughs> it's... Does it seem oversimplified? Not to Maddie. That's why you need to become like a child. Jesus said, and until you become like this little child, what, you want, what, just mean petulant and running around and, you know, with your thumb in your mouth? Not that Maddie's that kind of child. She's, she's a big girl. <laughs> but you need to become... You need to become young at heart again. You need to believe and receive from God that, hey, my Jesus is awesome. He loves me and there's nothing he won't do for me. He protects me. He will never leave me or forsake me. Amen. Yeah. And yeah, the doctor gave me some report that said I had this and this and this. And I'm sorry, I told, I thanked him very much. And I wrote, by Jesus stripes, I am healed, exclamation point. And I turned it back in. Was that the right, was that the right, it was a test, right? I turned it in. I think I got a hundred. Amen. I heard the story from a, a missionary who, who, uh, who had, um, where the, where the babies are, orphanages uh, in like India or somewhere else. Anyway, there was a young woman who they had been, just come to know the Lord and didn't know much, but heard that you were supposed to stand on the word when you had problems. And this young woman had a baby and it was sick. It was very sick and it was in a place where there were no doctors and no medicine. And so all night long, she put her Bible on the floor and she stood on that Bible. 
And in the morning, that baby was well. Amen. Amen. Now, is that a formula on how to get people healed? No. What, what healed that child? Well, well, God healed the baby, but that faith, that faith response is what reached out and took hold of the things that God had provided by grace. See, the answer was already there. The provision was already made, but just needed a response of faith. Amen. 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 The women at the tomb that day, they, they, you know, he was already alive when they got there, right? But, but they were still filled with sorrow, weren't they, in their hearts? And it's the same with, with a lot of, Christians, I think. If we're filled with sorrow in our hearts and we're seeking solutions for our situations from a dead world, if we're going to Google before we're going to God, if we're agreeing with the patterns and the wrong-mindedness of this world, and all Jesus is looking for is a response of faith, you say, well, I, I, I just, you know... There's just too much going on. I can't risk it. I, I, I would be, I would be embarrassed in front of people. They would mock me. They would criticize me. I would suffer persecution. That was the same thing Peter was afraid of that night. He was ready to fight and die, but not be ridiculed and imprisoned and mocked and and all that. Jesus said, you got to bear your cross every day. You're going to have to bear your cross. You're going to suffer persecution. If you, if you never suffer persecution in this life because of Jesus, you need to take a look at that. Some say if you never bump into the devil, it's because you're traveling the same direction. We don't want to seek our answers from a dead world. We want to know and believe and receive from a living God who loves us and has provided everything we need for us. We don't want to be blinded to the victory that Jesus has acquired for us by his perfect work on the cross. Amen. He's given us great and precious promises. But they're just words on a page until they're mixed with faith. You know, I've been working, uh, I go out and when I'm running through the house <laughs> to grab some paperwork or change hats to do a different thing <laughs> or whatever, I've got, uh, I've got a bunch of bulbs and seeds. Uh, for flowers, we lost a lot of flowers and stuff like that from the freeze, and a lot of it's coming back. Had deep roots, amen. But I've been working out there, and uh, just I'll go out and I'll plant some, and then when Harper's over, I'll take her out and we'll we'll plant a few bulbs or uh, you know a pack of seeds or whatever. And then I do a lot more when she's not around because if you, I told Tamana if I let her help me with all this, it's going to be. You know, it'll be winter again before we ever get it all planted, you know. And she said, yeah, you're right. So just just make sure she goes and helps you plant some everywhere you planted some. You know, <laughs> and when they come up, you know. Because <laughs> she, she really does love it, though. And she would be happy to help me with all of it. But, man, I don't know if Tavana and I uh, have the time or endurance for all that. Tavana's <laughs> so, <laughs> the one that really, she has... Uh, She's had to become a, a four-year-old, you know, and she's been her biggest play partner. Harper has some friends uh, that she plays with next door and all that. And, but we're just going to all be glad when all this stuff is behind. But uh, she's a wonderful child, and we, we love her. But I go out there, and, you know, we're all the... I'm blessed every time I see new growth come from, like, you know, daisies are, are, are flowers that, uh, that they're supposed to be annuals, Right? 
That don't mean they come back annually. It means you have to plant them annually. <laughs> right? uh, so, but Tavana, I had planted some for her out there, outside, out the kitchen window in the middle of the yard. I have a, we had a big red oak, and, and when it died, we I had that grinded out. I put a garden there with a fountain, you know, I mean a little bird bath. And so she could see the flowers out the window. And I put hummingbird feeders. And Anyway, but I would planted some, I think Harper and I, we'd gone to the, the nursery uh, a couple years ago. I think Sam and and uh, and Harper and Tavana and I, anyway, I let them all pick out one or two. And she picked, I think she, Tavana said she thinks she picked out the daisy. But anyway, we planted it out there. And it didn't die the first year and kept growing because we didn't have a freeze. And that thing became a daisy bush like, you know, five, six feet across and, and three, four feet high. Gorgeous, you know. And it died in the freeze. But we just have been believing. And we went out there. I, t- I told Tavana, I said, go look at it now. And it's just covered with new bloom uh, not flowers yet but growth right so it's coming up just like so many other things have and then other things we're still waiting for but i noticed when i'm planting all that stuff you know there's a lot of a lot of new weeds and grass starting trying to grow in those areas too but right now especially like when it's rain and the ground's soft and they're just very small you know i can almost take just my foot and just do like this on the ground and just they're gone or in the very least just just like that it's really easy to get them out if before they take root and become a tree. <laughs> Even the grass, you know, when it's this tall in the garden, it's hard to get out, you know. And then uh, it's hard and I'm pain and all that. But right now, I can just rub the ground and it's over. As the Lord was showing me, you know, this is the same way that, that my people need to understand. You know, at the gardens of their heart. Because the, the word is the good stuff. Amen? Amen? But there's a lot of weeds that try to get in there. Yeah. Unbelief. Fear. Remember that fake <coughs> or false evidence appearing real? <laughs> Worry. Condemnation. A lot of people walk around in condemnation over things that God's already forgiven them for. That they've already gone to God and talked to Him about. This is what I mean. I believe that there is repentance required, you know. But I'm not one of those that tells you you have to get everything under the blood or you're going to hell. That's demonic to me. That keeps people so introspective that they can never focus on God. (laughs) And it causes more problems. But anxiety and worry and guilt and shame and unforgiveness and offenses and all that catch them when they're small catch them when they're just a thought that you don't let linger take that thought captive to the obedience of christ if it's not god reject it like i, I tell people that you if you're around me a lot you hear me sometimes huh, huh, nope. and and it's not that i've lost my mind which Maybe debatable. I, I see Maddie say a lot of times I'm a little crazy. That's that's okay, <laughs> but I know it's because she a lot. <laughs> I know I know she loves me and I love her though. But but you know it's important that we do that. We reject. We reject. We resist the devil, and he will flee from us. That's a promise. And you can hang on to that and believe it, but you've got to do your part, which is the resisting. Actively fight against is what that means. Amen? Amen. Anyway, I just threw that in as a little nugget. It was on my mind, and uh, for hopefully it'll help somebody. But just don't let those things take root and bear fruit in your life because they become strongholds. They get rooted deeply in there, and then it takes a lot more. It takes, you know, we have to break out the old oil, and we have to... <laughs> but, and... Uh, that's another thing we're going to talk about in the future. I really believe that there's some really uh, strong prayer ministers here in the group, and I want to maybe we'll have a separate, a separate uh, maybe some evenings or or something like that where we will talk about prayer and praying for others because there's a lot to it. 
I'm not saying that there's a formula or anything like that, but there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot to it. And it needs to be learned and discussed amongst this core group of uh, leaders because I think you're going to really need it in the days Mm -hmm. and uh, years to come. If uh, God continues to do what I believe he is planning on. Amen. Amen. And so that's good. You know, like uh, what made me think of that was the fact that, you know, it's one of the, one of the big truths when it comes to prayer and, and uh, is that you can't, uh, you can't uh, disciple a demon and you can't cast out the flesh. And so you have to determine what's what. And sometimes that's not easy to do. But anyway, we can we can help with that. Amen. Amen. Y'all hear God today? Yes. Me too. Does he love you? Yes. Good. It's good. You need to call yourself that disciple whom Jesus loved, just like John did five times in his own gospel. I tell you what, it's powerful. He's the only one that was standing there at the foot of the cross of all those disciples. And he got to take care of the Lord's mother for the rest of his life. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for making us aware of that and helping us to hold on to that truth and deny the devil all of his lies and deceit and treachery. We will not fall victim to fear that fake evidence appearing as real, that false evidence appearing as real. We will not worry, Lord, knowing that there's nothing for us to worry about because all is well because we have you. We're only here for a flicker. You have provided for all of our needs for all time, for spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you, Lord, that we will stay close to you. We will keep our minds stayed on you and you will keep us in perfect peace. You will provide all of our needs according to your riches and glory. All of our needs physically, financially, emotionally, relationally, with our work, with our ministries, with our everything that you put in our care. Everything that's in our lives, Lord, we want to be touched by you. We want to be ruled by you. We put you as the head of everything regarding us. We make a conscious choice, a conscious decision. That you are the head of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.